Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on the howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. All right, so now it is time for Chapter 2 of the Timberwolves' Anthony Davis saga. Fun little backstory here. So on last episode... We ended it with, we ended up getting swept in the first round by the Lakers, the seven seed. Now, I don't know if it was because we had the settings differently, it just in terms of how the coach, so Ryan Saunders in this case, runs the roster. The way it works in 2K is you can choose to have it be manual or automatic for the rotations, game to game. We don't normally turn that on, so I don't know if that got switched um, because we have st- in the last few weeks we have been turning that on just so that the coach actually is able to make those adjustments on the fly as opposed to the adjustments not being made and just is what it is. But 
It didn't save after last time. So when I got into 2K19 and opened up our My League, it was back with no games being played in the playoffs. So I was like, well, we lost in the first round. We got swept by the Lakers, who were the seven seed. So we got swept. I just pushed. All right, simulate playoffs. I was basically just trying to get to the next step. And, you know, a good minute later, and the Timberwolves had won the championship. So, and they dominated. Uh, Anthony Davis is your MVP for the Timberwolves, who just won the championship. So, Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, Ryan Saunders, championship. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But uh, Anthony Davis, look at these numbers in the finals as he won the MVP award. So, 23.8 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, 1.5 assists, 1.3 blocks. 0% 0% from three, so he's not taking threes. That's not his game. Almost 52% from the field. Nothing wrong with that. we got to take a look at this box score, though, I think. I think it's going to be – and, we, by the way, it was a 4-0 sweep of the Chicago Bulls for us to win that championship, so pretty impressive. Looking at the Timberwolves, Romeo Langford was solid. He's been really good when we've done these sims. But even Towns, 19 points, four rebounds, three assists. Nothing to scoff at there. Very impressive in that last game. Very cool. So there it is. The Wolves do win a championship in the Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, Ryan Saunders era. But, you know, again, a little bit of fluke just given that when we did the original simulation, we got swept. Uh, Very surprising if you ask me. So we take a look at the offseason. This is going to be a big offseason for us to see if we can let's hopefully we can turn this into a dynasty. You still got I mean, Carl Towns and Anthony Davis are not old by any means. This is 2021. So we're going, we'll be going into the 2021-2022 season. Lots to like about what we're doing here. The only thing that gets approved is the top eight teams from each conference are seeded 1-16 to 16 for the playoffs. So the, the playoffs themselves have actually changed. And this is actually kind of interesting. So when they do this, I believe this is the way the WNBA actually does it, is they, you know, they seed it this way. The, way. the difference is I would actually prefer they don't do it this way. So top eight teams from each conference are seeded 1-16 to 16 for the playoffs. I would actually prefer a different solution. I don't even know if it's even possible, if I'm being honest. If they can have it set up. Now, when I say possible, I know it's possible in real life. I don't know if it's possible in the game. I don't know if it's one of the options that they give us. What I would actually like to see changed is have it just be the top 16 teams in the league, period. So don't worry about the standings. So don't worry about the conferences. So basically, if we just abolished conferences, I guess we could go that way. It'd be interesting. I'm looking to see now. So you can actually click in 2K19. You can actually click and change the vote. So you can approve something that was rejected. You can reject something that was approved. Or you can actually replace it. And so we're going to go in and see what we can do about replacing it. Because I wonder if there's a way we can have it set up so it's the top 16 teams in the league as opposed to the way they've done it here. And unfortunately, it is not something you can change in that specific regard. So we are going to keep it approved. Generally, that's how we do it. We just approve or let anything get approved that does reject anything that does get rejected. We tend not to go in and make any changes in in terms of what that that works out to be. Draft lottery is upon us. We, of course, won the championship. Now, again, one thing to keep in mind is a lot of times in these simulations, we do do a lot of trades and stuff. But in this case, um, we kind of kept it uh, status quo. Obviously, we had to give up quite a bit to get Anthony Davis. So not a lot of options for picks for us. So we do just have the 30th pick in this uh, 2021 draft. 
Pretty good draft class, though. We've got some pretty good options for who's going to actually be available here. So we'll go through the offseason. We don't have to sign any staff members, which is nice. So there's not much we need to do there. Obviously, we have Ryan Saunders as our coach. And in terms of the other other positions, we tried to get guys that really matched with what we felt uh, would work well and match well with Ryan Saunders' coaching style. Again, when we make Ryan Saunders, you do have to actually create him. So he he's not part of the game. You actually have to go in and customize Ryan Saunders. All right, so we jump ahead to the NBA draft because there's nothing else in the offseason that we actually have to accomplish. Simulate to our pick, which is going to be pick number 30. We might have a second-round pick, but I know we did have to give up quite a bit in order to get Davis, so I'm not sure if we do. Looks like the best player available would be Kai Jones. He is a 6'11 power forward, 7'8 wingspan. We also have, uh, this is interesting, Isaiah Washington, uh, obviously from the Minnesota Gophers. would be an interesting pick, but he's a little older, probably not worth it. Also, Matthew Hurt, a player that could have been a Gopher but chose to go is choosing to go somewhere else is my understanding. So we will take Kai Jones. I don't know exactly what our needs are at this point, but you kind of, when you're drafting that late in the first round, it definitely pays to grab just whoever the top prospect is. I think that can make a pretty big difference. We have our second round pick, and it is, uh, let's just say it's slim pickings to say the least. We'll look to see if we can maybe make some sort of a trade to move on and then take a look at the free agency period. I think we could probably look to see if there's anything we want to add, although I would say based on what we currently have on the roster, we're pretty solid. We did just win a championship, so a lot of it's going to be just bringing back the players that we already had last season as opposed to making any sort of uh, you know big moves for the future. So we'll take a look at that, uh, try to trade this second-round pick, and we'll come back at you later in the offseason. This is Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. One of the problems in this scenario that we've run into, of course, is the salary cap, which has been a bit of a problem in some of these simulations. But we were able to get lucky. Uh, the three players that we are hoping to be able to re-sign all took the qualifying offer since we couldn't really offer them much. Now, the only downside was we had too many players on the roster at that point. So our two-way player from last year, Jalen Banks, who would have been our third point guard, we did end up dropping him. Again, We've turned off injuries, so it's not like a third point guard is necessary. And we do have the emergency point guard in Seth Curry, who I didn't want to lose given how good he is at shooting three-pointers. So I like the options that we made. So taking a look at the roster, point guards that we start with, we have Terry Rozier, Javante Smart, Seth Curry, and Jacob Hughes, who is a young two-way player. Shooting guards, we have Romeo Langford, Josh Akogi, Gary Trent Jr., and then two-way player Neil Leonard. Small forwards, we have Robert Covington, Kata Bates Diop, Denny Avdija, and Brandon Slater. Power forwards, we have Robert Williams and Kai Jones. And our centers, of course, Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, and Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis is our old two-way player that became what's now considered, they list him as a low-post star, as he was late. He was in like the late 60s overall. And he is now an 82, and we've been lucky enough two straight off seasons that he was willing to accept the qualifying offer. Hopefully at some point we'll have enough cap space to re-sign him. So right now we're kind of just in a little bit of limbo at that point. But we were able to retain pretty much all our players. 96% chemistry. I like our chances of maybe being able to repeat. I think we got a pretty good shot here. Looking at the power rankings, third is what NBA.com has us at. 2K Sports are, wow, they are not believers. 23rd? We just won the championship. 2K. 2K. 
But Mark Spears is a believer, has us third as well. I think that's a lot more realistic. In the 20s for the team that won the championship and brought every single player back seems very unlikely to me, especially given we got some really good quality rookies. So it's not like we're sitting here with a, with a poor team. So we're going to jump ahead to the trade deadline, take a look and see how the team is stacking up so far this season. Again, this is season 2021, and we just won a championship. Hopefully the trade deadline brings us a pretty good record. The goal would be to be somewhere uh, 10 to 15 games over 500 at that point, but we shall see how the dice shake out. And our wish was granted. We get to February 9th, and the team is sitting very pretty, 36-18. and 18. I mean, that's, that's a fantastic record. That's, that's about as good as it gets. 94% is the chemistry currently, so we're definitely sitting pretty there. First in our division. We are first in the conference. Fantastic. This is as good as it gets. This is exactly what we were hoping for. And actually, if we look at the overall, we are we were not first over everybody. We're second in the league. Number one is Boston at 41-14. and 14. So very impressive there. We'll take a look at some of the stats here. I think team stats is pretty important. So if we look at points per game, points per game, we're actually pretty, well, we're a little far down the list. Points per game, we're actually sitting at 11th. Points allowed per game, we are sitting number one. And so we are number two in differential. 7.8, number one, of course, would be the Boston Celtics. No surprise, they are playing as good as they are. They've got a solid team. Looking at three-point percentage, I'm kind of curious how good we're shooting. One of the worst. We are 24th at and at 24th at 35%. It's pretty far back, actually. The top teams are sitting in the 40s, which is a little unfortunate. And we've got some good three-point shooting, but we must not have great. We are actually last in attempts, which is surprising. Again, keep in mind, we created Ryan Saunders. We obviously did not do a good job of creating him because Ryan Saunders is fully embraced taking shots like that. Part of it could be that we haven't really aligned the roster with good three-point shooting. That could be part of it, too. If we take a look at the actual roster itself, and uh, nope, nope, we've got great three-point shooting. Then it looks like we just did a bad job of creating Ryan Saunders. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six guys that are A or A minus or above. And then we have a bunch of guys, a few B pluses, a few Bs, B minuses. Yeah, we're sitting pretty. We definitely have a number of players that can hit that three. So part of it is probably just the design, but it doesn't matter. We're winning games, and that's all that really matters. So we're really, really sitting pretty at 36 and 18. So we simulate now through the end of the season. Uh, we're not going to make any trades just because the team's playing as well as it is. And because there's no injuries, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to make any sort of changes in that regard. Taking a look at some of the other things, one thing I did mention before, and just to make it up or bring it up again, is injuries are turned off, which is super important. But the other thing you do want to make sure that you do is going into My League Automation and making sure that before games, due to injury and roster changes, that you have it set up that lineup automation is on auto if you're not wanting to do it yourself. So if you want the coach to actually be able to take control of that stuff, it's going to be super important that you change those to auto. Otherwise, game to game, the proper adjustments aren't going to be made in terms of energy. So, And when I say proper adjustments, that includes like minute allocation, who's going to start, things like that. So that makes a huge difference in terms of wins and losses generally. If you're letting the coach make those changes on the fly and they can adjust to uh, the actual snares that present themselves throughout the season. So we're looking really good going into the second half of the year. Team is playing really, really well. 
we do want to make sure that we stop at the contract extension deadline to see if anyone is available to resign. Anthony Davis is willing to resign, which, given what we're doing here, that's about as important as it gets. Javante Smart, our starting point guard, or the guy that's you know right in there with Terry Rozier, he's willing to resign as well. It looks like most of the players, actually every single player that's able to resign is willing, and that's a huge thing. Even uh, guys like Steph Curry, or sorry, Seth Curry, It'd be cool if we had Steph Curry, but that seems pretty impossible. We offered him, he actually is signed on a min deal right now, and we were able to get him three more years on the min. And just given how good he's at shooting threes, it's pretty good for our depth. Also good for certain situations where we really need three-point shooting. So 37 and 22, we, had, we did win a few games. We did lose a few games in a row to start the second half of the season, hoping we can right that ship sooner than later, get back to our winning ways as the season comes down. But some nice wins against the Jazz, beat the Mavericks, beat the Rockets. Looking pretty good. I, I would be say I'm very pleased with the direction this team is going. 41-24 and 24 is our current record, so we're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think we got a pretty good shot of re- repeating it in the championship. The biggest thing is going to be the Celtics. Hopefully, given that they're in the Eastern Conference and the only way we'll play them. And, and actually, I take that back. Because the situation has changed we actually could take on the Celtics sooner than that, but likely not because if we're both the number one seeds in our respective sides, we would still not see each other until the championship game, given the rule change. Because the rule change is now, once the eight teams are picked from each conference, they then get seeded one through 16. So we would likely still not be up against a team like the Celtics just because we wouldn't, it wouldn't really work to be in the same side of things. Looking at the finish of the season, we are 52 and 27, three games left. Can we pull it off? Let's get to 55 wins. Comes down to the wire. Ah, oh, we lose the last game of the season. So we do not win 55, but 54 and 28, very respectable. 95% chemistry. Going into superlatives, we have MVP Kyrie Irving. Isaiah Todd is your rookie of the year. Lonzo Ball is sixth man of the year. Congrats to the Wizards who won that sweepstakes. He was an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and they picked him up. Anthony Davis, there you go, Defensive Player of the Year for our Timberwolves. Khalil Whitney is your most improved. And no shock, Brad Stevens, Coach of the Year. They finished 59-23. and 23. Looking at the all-NBA squads, we do not have any of our players on that list. So Anthony Davis despite winning Defensive Player of the Year and putting up monster numbers, is apparently not All-NBA. I don't know how that works. But he is obviously uh, All-Defensive. And how about this? All-Defensive second team, Robert Covington. So two guys on the squad making the All-Defensive team. Pretty good there. So we are the number two overall seed, with the Celtics being the number one. Because, again, it does get seeded one through 16. So we're taking on the 15-seed Milwaukee Bucks. We won 10 games more than them. So far, we are up two games to zero, three games to zero. And looking across the way, let's hope Cleveland, who is the 16 seed, finds a way to beat Boston. It is 2-1 so far. Boston is in the lead, and we just swept the Milwaukee Bucks. We are on to round number two. It looks like the Celtics moved on as well, so we are on round number two. They're still looking like our toughest competition to be able to repeat as champions. Round number two, we're taking on the seven-seed Philadelphia 76ers. They actually took game number one in Minnesota. We took game two. Hopefully, we can pull it out and win some games in Philadelphia. Game, let's see, we won one in Philadelphia, so we're two and two now as we come back to Minnesota. Wow, we somehow lose 
the game five in Minnesota. I, that seems a little unlikely. Going into game number six, we are going to SimCast. Take a uh, more of a deeper dive into this game and see what we can get going forward. All right, we are simulating. Starting off the game, it is a pretty good back and forth, but it looks like it's mostly Timberwolves as we're able to build a little bit of a lead. But the 76ers come right back and actually take up to a five-point lead towards the end of the first quarter. Second quarter starts off, and it is all 76ers yet again as they are able to build their lead back up to five points. Wolves sticking with it, though, as they are able to eventually get the lead as the second quarter starts to dwindle down. Currently, it is 60-54 at halftime. Third quarter starts up. It is 69-60 as the Wolves try to pull away a little bit in this third quarter. Again, it's a, it is a home game for the Wolves, and we're talking Anthony Davis and Carl Towns. That is a recipe for winning. Wolves are up by almost 10 points as the third quarter comes to a close. Fourth quarter starts, though, and it is all Sixers. They get to back to within four points. This one is going to likely come down to the wire. Four minutes left, and the Sixers do take a lead briefly, but the Wolves do fight back. Wolves are able to win this one in a close battle. Ends up being a close one, but the Wolves do pull it out. 113-111 is your final. From what I can tell, Anthony Davis puts on quite a show, and it, it, is, it seems to make sense now. You're watching this going, of course he won MVP last year in the championship. Also makes you question why he wasn't in one of the all-NBA teams. So there's that as well. Jumping ahead, so it is game number seven. We are going to simulate with SimCast as well. This game is, of course, in Minnesota. I think we got this one. I think we got a pretty good shot. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, early on, it is back and forth. Wolves able to get a two-point lead, but right off the bat, then the 76ers build it back up and are able to be up by four. As the first comes to a close, looks like the 76ers will be up by four points, 31-27. Second quarter is more of the same as the 76ers look to pull away, build a pretty monstrous lead at 12, 14 points. The Wolves forgot to show up so far in this one. Second quarter comes to a close, though, and the Wolves get it to within three points. Third quarter, it is back to being a back and forth. Wolves build a one to two point lead, but that is it as the Sixers again start to pull away up almost 10 points. As the third comes to a close, though, the Wolves get back in. Nope, it is nine points going into the fourth. It is all Sixers in this one currently. Wolves, again, like we mentioned, forgot that there was a game today and for some reason decided they didn't want to show up. There is five minutes left. Wolves are down by 11 points. Wolves do end up losing this one by 10 points, but there's more to the story than just that. Looking kind of in depth at this game, there's one big flaw that we're noticing here. Both Anthony Davis and Carl Towns, so we had kind of looked into it a little bit at the five-minute mark. Carl Towns and Anthony Davis had already fouled out. What does that tell you? And it was in Minnesota, so maybe Kenny Maurer was the referee because he definitely does not like the Timberwolves, given he goes out of his way just to make sure that everything looks on the up and up since he's from here. But you know what, Kenny? How about you just do your damn job? How about that? That's all I'm saying. So, unfortunately, the Wolves are eliminated. Kind of ridiculous, given we're the two seed and they were the seven seed. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, that's what happens. The foul differential, I think, had to have been just monstrous. So, looking at the Timberwolves, we had 30 fouls. And they had eight, 30 fouls to eight fouls. That's not acceptable. 
that's that's absolutely ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Thirty to eight. I mean, come on. Are we even? What are we even doing here? And let's take a look at the minutes. I'm very curious how many minutes they actually end up playing. Carl Towns played 16 minutes, and Anthony Davis played 24 minutes. Is this? I'm. What are we? I I don't even know what to say. That's. I mean, come on. This isn't even basketball. Let them play. Come on. So obviously that does it for this season, 2022. Not going to blame Ryan Saunders. Not going to blame Anthony Davis or Carl Towns. I am going to blame the officials in this one because that's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what else we could have done there. Good, solid squad. And I'll I'll take this. The Philadelphia 76ers were fully healthy, obviously, because injuries are turned off. How about this? The 76ers end up winning the championship with two-way star Joel Embiid as the MVP. So I, I think it's pretty impressive that we only lost by 10 points to the eventual champions when we were missing Anthony Davis and Carl Towns. That tells you how important it is to have depth in this in this league. We do jump ahead to the offseason. A little salty, but we move on. Two things are approved at the league meetings. Draft lottery, so the top eight picks are done through the lottery. Remaining picks are determined by team record. And they change the time the offense is given to advance the ball to the front court to 10 seconds. I actually like that because sometimes you see guys having to race up to the timeline or to the half line, and I, I'd prefer that didn't have to happen. But... I'd be surprised if something like that does ever get passed just because it's so rare you have an eight-second violation anyways. But I do think that the the way the game is played would change just a little bit if that did, in fact, happen. We are at the draft lottery. The Wolves do not have a pick here, although the 76ers uh, – okay, they must have, it must have been protected because the 76ers did have a pick that showed up in the lottery, but it's gone now. And we actually don't have a pick. One of the picks we ended up having to get rid of in our trade for Anthony Davis is gone. It actually ends up the Raptors are going to have it. That's the 28th pick in the draft. So that's not exactly ideal. We may have a second-round pick, but I don't know for sure if that's actually the case. So we'll take a look there and see what we can do. The only thing we have to grab so far in our staff is going to be an assistant GM, and we are targeting one of the better GMs available currently. And that is Abraham Navarro, eight minus for contracts, a B plus for trading, and a C for potential. Trading is going to be pretty big as far as this team is concerned because salary cap is going to be an issue. One guy we may look to move on from would be Terry Rogier. Makes a ton of money, and he isn't necessarily going to be in a long term plan given that we have Javante Smart, who is around the same and just 19 or 20 years of age. So that's going to be something we're definitely going to take a look at. Jumping to the NBA draft, before we actually let anyone start picking, we're going to take a look. And we do have a second-round pick, so that's going to be pretty important. But Trade Finder is going to be our best friend here, taking a look to see if there's anyone on the roster that we would like to move on from that maybe makes too much money, and we could maybe get someone that's going to be a little better fit. We will keep Robert Covington. He's getting a little up there in age, but he's still a fantastic defender, obviously. We have Anthony Davis. I do think Terry Rogier is going to be the odd man out in this one. Taking a look to see what is available for us via trade. There's 19 teams that are willing to offer us things for Terry Rozier. Most of the offers we're getting are, let's just be nice and say crappy. Real crappy. So far, the best offer is Rodion's Curix, and that is not a good offer. Most of the stuff we're getting offered is pretty crappy. We were kind of hoping we might have a chance at getting maybe a first-round pick or something that could help us out quite a bit. And boom, actually, we do get a really good, wow, this is fantastic, we get offered a European stash uh, superstar point guard, Erno Duganix, who actually can get really good in this game. 
And we get so him and Thomas Sadoransky for Terry Rozier and Seth Curry. Thomas Sadoransky can hit some threes, I hope, as a point guard. Uh, gives us a little bit uh, of depth so we don't lose that depth. And we have a European player that we can eventually bring over, and he can and really help out. So to me, that's a no-brainer. We make that trade. Sorry, Terry, but we're going to save some money, which is good. And then we can move on to our second-round pick, looking at the prospects that are available. Nobody necessarily jumps off the page. Probably our best option would be a center. He is a C-plus overall, 20 years of age, 7-foot. Actually, a 7-foot wingspan is crappy for a center. Man, you know, we're going to actually trade this pick because the players that are actually available are, again, let's just say crappy and just be nice, or old. So 23, 24 years of age, that's not going to get the job done here for us. Looking at some of the longer wingspan players, as far as centers are concerned, they're all older players. So there's a guy with seven foot nine wingspan, which would be great to add, but he's 23, and he's a D-plus. So a player like that's really not going to be able to go very far. There's not much you can do to have that change. So in, in that instance, it just kind of is what it is, and there's not a lot of other players that jump off the page for us. So we're going to go with looking to trade the pick and then taking a look at the rest of the offseason. Again, Dash Radio's Nothing But Channel is where you are turned in, and we are the Howl. And this is our look at Anthony Davis joining the Timberwolves. How far can him, Ryan Saunders, and Carl Towns go? So far, one championship looking to get another. All right, so we were lucky again in a way. We were able to re-sign every single player that we needed to. So that works out really well for us. We got some, I think, some decent rookies added to the roster as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But I like our chances. I like some of the guys that we were able to bring in. And I, I like what we were able to do here. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for the future of this squad. And actually, I should take that back. The rookies, the guys that we signed, or the guys that we picked up in, in the draft, we actually did not sign any of them. But we did end up bringing in a couple of our two-way players that are both uh, 21 years of age and a 74 and a 73 overall. So in a way, it's kind of like you're part of the draft just because you were able to bring in some nice pieces. We do still have Josh Akogi, who we re-signed. We also still have Gary Trent Jr. was one of the first guys we got. Denny of Deja. Actually, we'll just go through the whole squad real quick. So we have Javante Smart, Thomas Sadaransky, Jacob Hughes, and then Lewis Hammond is one of our two-way players. You have Romeo Langford, Josh Akogi, Gary Trent Jr., and Neil Leonard as our shooting guards. Small forwards, Robert Covington, Katie Bates-Diop, Denny of Deja, and Anthony Brand is a two-way player. Power forwards, Robert Williams and Kai Jones. Centers, Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, and Tyler Davis. The big name that we were able to re-sign is Tyler Davis, especially given the chances of, who knows, if we have foul trouble again where Carl Towns fouls out in 16 minutes apparently, then maybe it'll be important to make sure we have some depth at that position. So we will see. Uh, nice start to the season as we start off 2-0, and oh, and hopefully that trend continues. Come back at you around the trade deadline, and we'll take a look and see how the Timberwolves are doing in this Anthony Davis, Carl Towns world. So once again, Wolves looking dominant in the first half of the season. 35-18, 97% chemistry. Taking a look at some of the rankings and things as such, NBA.com has us as the second-ranked team currently, third for 2K Sports. Number one is Mark Spears, so thank you, Mark Spears. Taking a look at the statistics for the teams, points per game, we are sitting at 11th. We are at uh, just about 112 points per game. Points allowed, we are number one at 103.6, and we are number one in differential, 8.2, tied with the 76ers, actually, so not too shabby. 
I think uh, taking a look at some of our specific player statistics, you've got some pretty good numbers here for anyone across the board. Anthony Davis, 22 points. Carl Towns, 18. Romeo Langford, six, uh, 18, actually. Javante Smart, 12. Pretty good statistics. Almost seven assists for Smart. Almost five rebounds, actually, for Smart as well. Rebounds for Carl Towns, nine, eight for Anthony Davis. You're getting pretty good, solid, solid statistics. The one thing you're seeing, though, is a little bit of some of the players losing statistics because we've got such good depth. Carl Towns, by the way, is willing to re-sign, so he has re-signed a three-year extension. Robert Covington, as well, is willing to re-sign. Boom, boom. And then we also grabbed Gary Trent Jr. So all the players that were available to re-sign did end up staying here. And again, 35 and 18 is solid. 97% chemistry. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. We're sitting pretty so far. Second half is underway. We did pass through the trade deadline. No reason to jinx it. Let's keep the team intact, given how successful they've been so far. One thing I've noticed in a lot of these simulations is when the second half of the season starts, we tend to choke a little bit. And actually, we have seen that so far as the team has lost three of their last five games. I don't know what it is about like that kind of uh, right around that all-star break or the trade deadline. I don't know if guys are scared of getting traded possibly, but uh, when they don't get traded, it seems like, it's just a little bit of a slide, but hopefully this is going to be a different season. And and it looks like it is as we just won four of our last five. We're starting to trend in the right direction. 42 and 21, 98% chemistry. 96, sorry, 97. Right in there. I think 97 is kind of where it tops off. If someone else has seen higher, you know, 98, 99, maybe 100, let us know. Again, you can find us at the Howl Radio, or I can be found at the Sports Min, M-I-N-N, on Twitter. So that's one thing to watch for. Oof. And just like I said, they're starting to trend in the wrong direction. They have lost four straight. That's not going to get anything done. That's not that's not the direction we're going for. 54 wins has been the most we've gotten, I believe, so far in these Anthony Davis on the Timberwolves simulations. And, again, we're losing games left and right. Not a great finish to the season. Hopefully they can find a way to right the ship. 46-28 and 28 is the current record. Obviously, the second half of the season so far has not been our friend. Uh, pick up a, number, a couple nice wins, make it three in a row, puts us at 49, so we're definitely going to hit that 50 mark. Hopefully we can make uh, you know, 53, 54, but it's going to be really close just because uh, oh, there's only three games left. Can we win them all to get to 53 wins? Boom, we beat the Blazers, and we lose to the Celtics, which is unfortunate. We do beat the Jazz, though, so nothing wrong with that. 52-30, and 30, 93% chemistry. Solid season. Superlatives, most valuable player is Joel Embiid. Patrick Baldwin is your Rookie of the Year. Kevin Love is the sixth man, so I'm liking this list. It's a lot of new candidates. So maybe some of those changes 2K made to the way this is figured out is working. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Trey Young is your most improved. Well, you can't have it all. Brad Stevens, Coach of the Year. 56 wins down from 59 last year. Looking at the All-NBA First Team, it is... Not us on one, two, maybe three. Boom, Anthony Davis does make third team. I will say when you pick up Anthony Davis on the Timberwolves, one thing you notice is that Towns definitely doesn't play poorly necessarily, but just isn't making lists. And so that kind of takes away from his value. You do have Anthony Davis making all defensive second team. Robert Covington this year, unfortunately, does not make either of the teams. And rookies, as far as that's concerned, we didn't have any rookies, so nobody to make that list. Now, remember, the way that the teams are chosen has changed. We end up with the fourth overall seed out of the 16 teams that were slotted to make the playoffs. 
Going up against the 13-seed Sacramento Kings. We are up one game to zero. Hopefully we can get it to 3-0 and maybe get a sweep. So 3-0 we are up, and game four, can we get a sweep? Nope, they do take one game in Sacramento, and we do, wow, they take two games. So they take a game in Minnesota. I don't know what's happening here. Wow, three games. So they take it to seven games. We blow a 3-0 lead, which is freaking awesome. Nothing better than that, let's be honest. We're going to jump into SimCast. Unfortunate, we shouldn't have to do this. We are a million times better as their, than their team is. Looking at SimCast, so far halfway through the first, Wolves are up by six points. First quarter coming down to a close, and the Kings somehow take a lead. So there's that. That's awesome. Moving into the second quarter, it is all Wolves as they build a 12-point lead about midway through. Wolves try to keep it going, but the Kings are a fighting team as they bring it to within six points. Make that two points going into the halftime. Third quarter starts off mostly Wolves, able to build it back up to a six-point lead, but the Kings fight right back and actually take a lead halfway through the third. As the third quarter comes to a close, the Kings actually hold that lead and are up by just a few as time expires. Fourth quarter starts off, Wolves able to build it up to a four-point lead, which doesn't seem like much, but we will take it at this stage, up by eight with three minutes to go. Wolves able to pull away as this one ends, 115-109. to Romeo Langford is the king of this one, 30 points as the Wolves win again, 115-109. to Well, I guess we'll take that. Moving on to the second round, we're taking on the five-seed Detroit Pistons. Looking around the league, the one-seed Boston Celtics did move on. The two-seed Philadelphia 76ers moved on. But the three-seed Utah Jazz lose four games to two in their first-round matchup. Game one goes to the Detroit Pistons. Game two goes to us, which is pretty good. We're trending hopefully in the right direction. Game three also goes to the Timberwolves. Game four, boom, goes to us. Hopefully we don't blow another lead, and we do not. Boom, four games to one. We move on to the Eastern Conference, or I don't even, I guess you wouldn't even call this the Eastern or Western Conference Finals. Uh, you would just call it the Conference Finals of some sort, I guess. I'm not sure what the exact name would be. Take a look at the box score of that last game against the Pistons. Anthony Davis, 25-11-4. Romeo Langford, 24-8-8. and Carl Towns, 20 points, 16 rebounds, 3 assists. Turnovers, though, lots of turnovers for this Wolves team. 20 turnovers in this win, and they win by quite a bit. They won by 14. A little surprising, although if you move over to the Pistons, they had, well, they only had 13, so I'm surprised they weren't able to take more of an advantage against the Wolves in that regard. Simulating the across the way, you have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Clippers, so no surprise, the ones, the, the one, the two, and the four seed have all been able to make it this far. Taking on the Boston Celtics, we are down one game to zero as they win by four points, 112 to 108 in round number one. Game two goes to the Wolves. Wolves win 96 to 87. So these are all pretty close, but we've taken one game in Boston, so that's huge. Uh, game one in Minnesota, however, does go the way of Boston. They are up two games to one. We are not able to tie the series as we are now down three games to one. And with this being elimination, we will take a look at Simcast going through the game and taking more of a close look. Early on in this one, it is a good back and forth. Wolves able to build, at best, a one-point lead. Luckily, so far, the Celtics have not been able to pull away a six-point lead, though, as the second quarter or first quarter is running down, and they build it up, actually, to 13 points as the second quarter starts. 
As the second quarter continues on, it is all Celtics as the Wolves are still down by almost 10 points. But the Wolves start to find a way to come back. And just like that, though, the Celtics grab a grasp again, up 10 at halftime. Third quarter starts up, and again, you get a little bit of a back and forth. Wolves get it to within five, and immediately the Celtics take another run. But as the third quarter comes to a close, the Wolves somehow take a lead up three points into the fourth. Wolves trying to pull away, but so far are not able to as it is still a three-point game. As the fourth quarter comes down, the Wolves have a five-point lead. It is going to come down to the wire with a minute 21 left. The score is 100-98. The Wolves are currently ahead. Wolves end up pulling this one out 103-102. Definitely shocking Boston fans as this one did take place in Boston. Now we will be going back to game number six. This one is going to take place in Minnesota. This is going to be crucial, obviously. This is going to be Wolves win or Wolves stay home since it will be in Minnesota. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it Wolves win, but I think it's going to be close. Early on, it is all Wolves as they are up 26-12. to How about that? Very surprising in the first quarter. Able to build this up to a 14-point lead. Second quarter starts more of the same as the Wolves continue to play well. Able to get it up to 13 points. But it's a little bit of a back and forth now, and the Celtics go on a run, and they are back to within 11. Second quarter comes down, and we are up by 13 still. Third quarter starts up, and it is still Wolves with a lead, although it is getting closer Celtics do get it to within 10 points. Halfway through the third, it is still 10 points. Back to eight, and as the fourth quarter is set to start, Wolves up just four points. Hopefully they can continue to play solid, but they are really getting fatigued, it looks like. Celtics do take the lead now, and they try to pull away. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it's 111-107. Two minutes to go. The Wolves have the lead. Can they hold it? Wolves end up pulling out a pretty close one. The brow is the reason. Another fantastic performance. Wolves are able to take it to a game seven, and this is it. I mean, series is tied three games to three. Game seven starts. It is mostly Wolves. Wolves able to pull out 14 to seven, but the Celtics rock their way back and are able to take a lead as the first quarter expires, going on a monster run, and they are up by seven points now. Second quarter is more of the same as the Celtics continue to dominate, building up to a 14-point lead. It is all Celtics in this one. Keep in mind, it is in Boston that this is taking place. Second quarter comes down to the wire. Wolves able to get it to within seven point, five points. And the third quarter starts off Celtics trying to take over yet again. Able to build. Wow, they are now destroying the Wolves. The Wolves forgot to show up for this one as it is a blowout. They are down by 20 points, and it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. This one is not looking pretty. We'll see if the Wolves in the fourth quarter can find a way to fight back. Quarter starts out very even. Celtic score, Wolves score. It's a back and forth, but remember, Wolves are down 20 points. At the seven-minute mark, Wolves are still down by almost 20 points. Going down into the sixth point, when they're able to get it to, let's look, 16. As the next minute rolls down, they've gotten it to 12. They're just working their way back. All of a sudden, it's an eight-point game. Make that a five-point game as they hit another three, I'm guessing. And they move on again. Wow. And all of a sudden, the Wolves have gotten to within two points. This is absolutely incredible. As it comes down to the wire, there's about two minutes left. The Wolves have now taken the lead. This is absolutely incredible. 
I'm trying to feel, and here it is, the Wolves not only take a lead, but they go on another run, and they end up winning this game running away somehow. It is 126-115 is your final score. Listen to this fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, the Wolves outscore the Celtics 55-24. to I, I've never seen anything like that. Absolutely ridiculous. So incredibly impressive, and the Wolves are going to the NBA championship. So incredibly impressive. Let's look at this box score a little closer. You have, we'll start at the bottom here. Uh, Robert Williams, 14 points. Carl Towns, 16 points and 14 boards. Kata Bates, Diop, 16 points. Anthony Davis, 21. Javante Smart, 21. Romeo Langford, 26 points. Romeo Langford also 4 of 5 from 3. Towns, 2 of 3. Kata Bates, 2 of 7. Definitely putting up uh, three-point shots at this point. So very impressive to see. And there it is. Moving to the championship with the number two-seeded Philadelphia 76ers. Game number one goes to the Timberwolves. Game number two goes to the 76ers. So it's a split. Two games to one, though. The Wolves take the lead. Make that three games to one. Can they find a way to win it all? Three games to two. Don't blow it, Wolves. Do not blow that. Oh, my goodness. We are going to seven games. This is coming down to the wire, and we are jumping in to SimCast. This game, keep in mind, is in Philadelphia. Wolves looking to, unfortunately, blow a 3-1 lead. Although late in the first, they do have a three-point lead. Going into the second quarter, Wolves are still up by just two. Philadelphia able to not only tie it, but take a brief lead in the second. Wolves fight back, though, and are up five points with just over four minutes to spare. As second half or second quarter is coming down, Wolves up by 14 points, and second half, hopefully, they can continue. As the second half hits, Wolves able to keep that lead a bit as they are still up by 11 with three minutes to go. Fourth quarter is going to be huge. Can they have a repeat of last game? They are now up 16 points in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes to go, and they have built this up to 19 points in the fourth quarter in terms of a lead with five minutes to go. This one looks all but over, and it definitely is going to be as the Wolves. Well, the Sixers tried to fight back. 109-96 is your final, and the Timberwolves have won their second NBA championship. Towns, 26 points more than enough in Timberwolves' win over the 76ers is what the Timberwolves themselves tweet out. Looking at it, Anthony Davis gets another finals MVP. 19.6 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists per game, 1.4 steals, 1.9 blocks. Absolutely incredible. Starting to shoot threes now at 20%. Last time he won MVP, he was 0% from three. 54% from the field. Looking at some of the other players that got it done. By the way, looking at the Sixers, the Sixers are Butler, Simmons, and Embiid. They've also grabbed, well, they've got a few other players, Cam Reddish, Zanin Musa, Joe Harris. So they must have made a trade at some point with the Nets. But very, very impressive. Uh, Wolves uh, were much more consistent in this last game. 24 points, 28 points, 28, and then 29 in the fourth. Looking at the Timberwolves, Carl Towns leads the way with 26-9-5 with a steal and zero turnovers. Although zero blocks, surprisingly. Katie Bates, Diop. These games, I will say the simulations love Diop consistently. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 17-14, and 14, 2. How about this? 17 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks for Anthony Davis. So you got a fantastic effort from this team on their way to the second championship. So very impressive here by the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that this is a pretty good spot to end this one. We probably won't come back to it as 
probably not long after this show airs, you are likely going to see. My guess is Anthony Davis does get traded, maybe to the Lakers. I think if the Pelicans are smart, that's what they end up doing, is making that trade with the Lakers that's kind of been out there. What we're going to do now, actually, before we move on, I think it's going to be interesting what ends up happening with Anthony Davis. So we're actually going to take a look. What if we are doing a My League and we take over? So we'll start today because that's that's kind of what we're trying to do is, is be consistent with what we're at right now. So we're going to jump in to a new My League. Now, we're not going to... We're not going to do this long term. We're just going to jump in quick just to take a look at what could be possible. So if we're the Pelicans and we have Anthony Davis, all right, because that's what we're going to we're going to look at it from the Pelicans perspective. So if we have Anthony Davis and again, we used the NBA today. So it takes place starting right now at this point in the season. We're going to jump in. And we're going to see what could happen if we actually try to make that trade that the Lakers offered from the Pelicans' perspective. So if the Pelicans offered it to the Lakers, would the Lakers accept it? To me, it seems like a no-brainer trade. But a lot of people have basically said that I'm crazy. So maybe it is. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. We're going to jump in. So it's Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill is the starting point for the Pelicans. Jumping over to the Lakers' side, it's, this is where you throw in a lot of players. So we're talking Kyle Kuzma is one of the players offered. Brandon Ingram was offered. Rajon Rondo was offered. We had, let's see, we offered them, or sorry, I guess kind of we, but they were offered, uh, it is two, it would be two first-round picks, which I believe, now they didn't say this, but I would, I would only assume they'd, they've got to be unprotected. I'd be shocked if they weren't. In fact, you know, the funny thing is I can't even do this trade. Like the way 2K has it set up, this is actually too many things to offer as part of one trade. So we can't even, I can't even do it, which is, which is absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's see if we take away Solomon Hill. Nope, that doesn't do it either. Uh, Part of the problem is there's, there's just too many players going in one direction, I guess. Interesting. Let's do this. We're going to see what would happen if we like if we say, all right, Anthony Davis is available. What can we get for him from the Lakers specifically? So let's see if the Lakers even offer anything. Maybe they won't. And, in fact, they don't offer us anything. The, here's the offers you get when you try to trade Anthony Davis. So if you're the Pelicans, here's the offers. So Anthony Davis and Darius Miller for Jaron Jackson Jr. and Mike Conley. Uh, that's a trash trade. I'm not, I'm not making that if I'm the Pelicans. Here you go. The Knicks are offering DeAndre Jordan and a first. That's pretty good. <laughs> Anthony Davis and Jan Clark for Russell and Jared Allen. That's better, but that's still not a good trade. Uh, this is much closer. Uh, Anthony Davis and Kenrick Williams, and I get it. Kenrick Williams is playing really well right now, if you're not aware of this. Definitely a name to watch for, possibly in fantasy. I think in daily fantasy specifically. Looking at the Pacers, so it'd be Anthony Davis and Kendrick Williams for Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. It's not bad. Um, this is an interesting trade. So Anthony Davis and Julius Randle for John Wall and Bradley Beal. Now, for anyone that isn't aware of this, it was just announced today that John Wall ruptured his Achilles. Now, they have not taken that into account when this trade happens, obviously. But if that trade, if John Wall was fully healthy, I you wonder if they would consider this trade. But look at it this way. If the Wizards can't be competitive with those two players, why would the Pelicans? Just put, let that sink in. You're talking about moving from the east to the west. Why are John Wall and Bradley Beal going to be successful in the west when they weren't successful in the east? To me, that doesn't make any sense. 
What we will do, so we're again we're the pet we're from the Pelicans perspective. We're gonna go to the Lakers and we're gonna select a bunch of these players and say, all right, what would it take to get them? Because maybe maybe there's a way to do it. So no offers were found. So if you take Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, they won't even consider doing it. There's not they just say, Nope, that's not a trade we'll do. What does that tell you? What if we just here's the deal? What if we just want Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball? Nope, still nothing. If we want just Brandon Ingram, so we could get Brandon Ingram and Contavious Caldwell Pope if we traded Drew Holiday and Julio Okafor. Or Drew Holiday and Alfred Payton. Or Julius Randle, Jaleel Okafor, and a second-round pick. We get Brandon Ingram. So I think that tells you that 2K clearly values the players in this trade from the Lakers' perspective more than, more than the Pelicans do, clearly. We can't now again, like I said, we can't actually make this trade. It won't like the game the game doesn't really let you just because there's too many pieces going from side to side, and that's part of the issue. Now, I will say this the game thinks that Kyle Kuzma himself, just him alone, is worth Julius Randle. So that should tell you how well how much the game values Kyle Kuzma. For my money, I would do it. If I'm the Pelicans, I just don't see how you're gonna beat that offer. You're talking about maybe wait until the offseason, and that's when you have the Celtics getting involved. But the issue you have with that is if they're not willing to include Jason Tatum, which is probably one of their most valuable young pieces, I think that tells you a lot about what they're willing to offer. I think I would take that Lakers deal. You're talking two, I'm assuming, unprotected picks. You're talking a bevy of players, many of which are expiring. You're going to get some cap room. Now, as some other people have pointed out, what good is cap room going to do if you're the if you're the Pelicans? You're not looking to contribute or to win right away. You're probably two years out. So I, I think it's kind of stupid to have cap room. I think that's a fair argument. But if you're the Pelicans and that's what you want, then this trade is giving you literally everything you can ask for. It's giving you picks. It's giving you massive amounts of young talent. I just don't see how any trade that you wait for could be this good. And I think the Pelicans are a foolish franchise if they choose not to accept this. And I think part of it is a childish nature. They're saying, well, we don't want to appease Anthony Davis. You know, He wants to go to these teams. We don't want to send him there. And I will say this. Of the trade demands that Anthony Davis has made, if you look at the teams that are listed, so the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Bucks, I actually think that part of the reason the Bucks were included is because he doesn't actually care about winning as much as he cares about being in a major market. But if he includes the Bucks, it at least looks like, oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I, I am about winning. Like, I'd like a major market, but I, I, like I said, I'm all about winning. Well, if you go to the Bucks, I think it's pretty obvious you're going to win games. But I don't think he wants to go to the Bucks, and he realizes by throwing that name out there, it's a team that it'll look like, again, like he wants to win – but they're not realistic. They're not going to be able to put together a package that they can actually get Anthony Davis with because the only player they have that's of really crazy high value, enough so to get a player like Anthony Davis, is Giannis. And they're clearly not trading him. So to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. The Bucks are out of this one. And if you look at the other teams involved in this list, so the Celtics are not one of those teams. And so how much are the Celtics really willing to give up in the summer if it gets to that point? How much are they really willing to give up to get Anthony Davis without the assurance that he wants to be there? You also have that whole thing with Anthony Davis's dad saying, no, not Boston. I just, there's so many things right there. And Anthony Davis wants to be in LA. I get that you don't want to appease your player, but it's not like you're getting screwed here. You're getting, I would say, top value. All those young pieces, players that can contribute right away, draft picks. So to me, that's what you got to do. 
I think, unfortunately, though, there's a pretty good chance the Pelicans turn this deal down, and I think that's a mistake. But time will tell. You've been listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels, featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.